Hey, what's going on, everybody? Matt Holmes here with the Vigilant Life Podcast. Welcome to another episode. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. In this episode, we have an awesome guest, J.R. Spear, who is a former Navy sailor who not only shares with us his personal story of being deployed, coming in contact with a suicide bomber. So I always say thank you for him and his service and sharing his kind of story. But I really Really love this episode and the avenues that we went down on creating your best day and scheduling days and how to accomplish the most in all areas of your life and making sure you are getting the most of living a vigilant life and focusing on all areas and how to do that when you're so busy in those. So there's a lot of cool stuff that we talked about and shared personally within our lives and actually gave some really good strategic information for you guys to go and implement today. So don't miss out on this episode. Thank you guys so much and enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Matt Holmes here with the Vigilant Life Podcast. Thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in to another episode. Took a little bit of a break with some of these, but we have a lot more new stuff coming out for you guys through the summer with all the craziness and stuff going on. So I appreciate everybody that always continues to tune in. And the one thing I always ask everybody is because, you know, I don't make money, no advertising, no, we don't sell stuff or anything like that is just asking everybody to share it with a friend if you like it and give us a review and rate us whether it's on, you know, iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. And then always recommendations on guests or anything like that, um, just to continue to get awesome people on here for you guys. So again, always thank you so much. And thank you guys for supporting the podcast. On to the fun stuff. So we got an awesome guest on for you guys today. He's got a really interesting background. So kind of just like always, we'll dive in. So without really further ado, I'm going to introduce J.R. Spear for you guys. So thanks so much for tuning in and kind of checking everything out and being the next guest, J.R. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I know, you know, like we said before the podcast, We'll really kind of dive in and give a little bit of your background. You know, I know a little bit about it and, you know, obviously it makes you kind of stand out different and makes people like, holy shit, you know, <laughs> some of the stuff you've gone through. So um, yeah. let's just kind of dive in so people can know some more about your background. Yeah. So kind of going back to uh, the beginning and literally the very beginning of where, how I got started into the whole fitness and industry and where what led me today is I grew up in a family owned martial arts and fitness business since I was really little. And, you know, I started training the martial arts at three years old and then competing on a national level with, with martial arts and was just really exposed to that whole space and health and fitness. And it just became a part of my life. I got four sisters and we all kind of grew up doing the same thing. So it was normal for us to like wake up, go to the martial arts school, train, then go to school, then go get out of school, go back and train. And that was, that was just our lifestyle every single day. And then I started coaching and teaching when I was 13 years old. And, you know, I was this young little teenager and I was teaching, you know, room full of adults and mainly martial arts classes and leading them. And that's where I really started developing my leadership skills and training and the fear of being in front of people. So I like a, a nickname or something my mom always call, told me when I was growing up is like, JR never knew a stranger, you know, and I've always had a giving heart. So I always, anytime I saw someone that wanted help with anything, I always just wanted to go out of my way and make sure I helped them. And, and that just became very natural to me. So it's just a very giving spirit always willing to help and, uh, you know, just kind of go above and beyond of that. Right out of high school, I went in the military. So I started, I went into the Navy, but ended up spending my whole time with the Marine Corps. I had a very unique job 
My job was called in, you know, they call me RP, which was religious program specialist. I was security for the chaplain. And the Marine Corps is a department of the Navy. So they take different personnel from the Navy to be able to work with the Marines. And, and chaplains are one of them. And so are corpsmen and medical field. So those are like the two main ones that they pull from the Navy that goes to work with the Marines. And I absolutely loved it. I think, you know, those two jobs are the best jobs in the military, the best, most experience and stuff like that. So it definitely was a great experience for me. And, you know, I deployed Iraq in 2006 and 2007 with the 15th MU. I was with the 1st Marine Division, 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines. And the unique thing about my job is, first off, chaplains are like the only true non-combatants in the military, meaning they can't even carry a weapon for defense. So corpsmen and stuff like that, they're considered non-combatants, but they can still carry a weapon for defense. So like for self-defense or something like that. And because chaplains are non-combatants and in the situation that they're in, they had my job specifically where we were tied to the chaplain 24-7 and our main focus on, and especially in combat situations, providing security for the chaplain. So that's what I did for that. Uh, and before I get into my kind of like background of or my deployment in, in Iraq, after when I got back from deployment, I got out, discharged in 2007, started my own martial arts school, had really great success with that, hired a coach and really learned some great principles to help me build that business up to be uh, very successful. And the same principles and same things that I was taught, I was able to duplicate multiple different types of businesses that really helped me expand to be successful in every aspect that, that I pursued. So I had the martial arts school, did extremely well with that. And then I ended up selling it and then starting my own group fitness program. I wanted to work with strictly adults and found a passion for fitness and really loved that aspect. So I grew that business. So it was called PowerFit Bootcamp at the time. Grew that business to three different cities, had more than 20 instructors, three different managers, and it just you know took off. Ran it for almost a decade before we moved to uh, Washington, D.C. in the U.S. from St. Louis. And during that time, I was kind of, I was a little burnt out when it came to the fitness aspect. So, you know, I've been doing it my whole life. So I wanted to make a change. So I walked away from the fitness and took on some corporate jobs and started learning more about sales and marketing and business and leadership and just more than what I wanted. And I, it was just kind of a phase of my life where I was having a newborn child. You know, I was already married for several years, but I knew my, my first kid, you know, when we were moving, he wasn't even one yet when we moved to D.C., and wanted to just uh, just make a change. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was just kind of like, okay, I'm working for you know, a, a company doing sales and, and fell in love with that. I didn't realize how much I love sales until I learned that side. But I've done any type of sales you can imagine. So like <laughs> B2B sales, door-to-door sales, you know, high-pressured sales, you know, you know, anything you can imagine, I've done it. And I've excelled and done extremely well when it came to that. And there's just a lot of key principles, but basic things that you need to know when it comes to sales. And I'll say the main, the main focus, when if you want to be good in sales, you need to be good at, at people. You need to be good mm. at serving people, be good at helping people because that's what's going to help you connect and build that re- relationship and be that quick, be, get that quick connection so you can sell anything. And people that are just chasing the dollar and trying to, to close that next sale, they can probably get ahead in life, but if they want to really excel and be good at sales, they need to be people-focused first mm. and, and have a certification in helping people. And that's what I try to preach to everyone on that. And then, you know, after a couple of years, you know, it kind of led me saying, okay, you know what, I want to get back into entrepreneur and start my own thing just because I feel like it's in my blood, just kind of wanted to always start and do something. So I I got into more business coaching for personal trainers and I was trying to get, stay away from the personal trainer side. But when I started doing research and figuring out like, you know, back to the the roadmap and just writing out everything, what, what I was good at, it just led me back to what I knew. And so I knew 
I, I know so much about fitness and martial arts that that's the industry that I just wanted to go after. And then more recently, I started building, you know, helping for the coaching side. I've been helping personal trainers get their message out online and by building their, their sales funnels and, and everything like that. And that's, that business has actually been taken off. So because it's allowing me to help people find their message and get out online and also coach them through and how to get, find the right clients and, you know, and build more leads and more contacts and more sales through their sales funnels. So that's, that's been more focused in the recent where I'm at, but that's kind of big overview of where mm-hmm. I'm at, how I got here. Of course, there's a lot of underlining. Didn't know if you want me to jump into a little bit of my background and my experiences. Yeah. And- yeah, of course. Because I think, you know, that's definitely, everybody's got unique experiences, but, you know, you have some different ones that some people only kind of hear about in that aspect, especially within the military. What, how did you get into like the chaplain security detail? Is it like, did you just kind of have that religious background? Was it something that you're like, oh, you knew you wanted to do? Or was it just like a random opportunity that came up and you just kind of went with it and stuck with it? I didn't go into the military as an RP. And it's one of those things that you can't just sign up for. And you have to understand that it's not really a detail with them. It's one person. So you got yeah. one one chaplain and one RP. And I I originally went in as a Navy aviation boatsman handler. Couldn't tell you anything about the job because I didn't get past boot camp when it came to that. So I found out about the RP job in boot camp and then how you can go with Marines and stuff like that and start pursuing it. So, and to be an RP too, you don't need to be religious or a Christian or anything like that because technically our job isn't the, the preaching aspect or the, the counseling or anything like that. That's the chaplain's job. And there, there's that fine line where we're not allowed to do it, but it, it was pretty cool to be an influence on other people and be able to share my faith as well just by being in the position. But like I said, the main focus was the security for the chaplain. So there's no credentials on being a faith-based. I mean, I knew some RPs that were far from Christianity and, and still be able to do the job, but it did open up doors for me to be able to share my faith and with other Marines and sailors that I came in contact with. So uh, absolutely loved it. That's awesome. That's awesome. How, what was it like doing some of that? And I, you know, you can share, share what you want with your story of kind of, you know, your experience overseas, but how, how was that being deployed? And because I know it's obviously it's a very different aspect compared to going on combat operations or being part of a, you know, support team for, combat teams and things like that. So the, the crazy thing about chaplain it all de- and and the job that I had is it all depends on your chaplain on how active they want to be and how how much they want to be in the game and who they want to involve uh, be involved with and be part of because there's some chaplains like hey you know what? I'm going to stay behind the scenes and not do anything and there's some chaplains they want to be out there and, and in the grind. So I actually had you know my chaplain that that I worked with we were always out there in the fobs with the, the marines and and I did a lot of patrols out through the cities with the Marines and stuff. And we used to become another rifleman. So they named extra guy that they, they could do that. So I definitely had quite a bit of experiences when I was in Iraq. You know, there was times where it was really slow. But then we had times where, you know, we saw a lot of action. And there's one particular day that pretty much changed, you know, my life completely forever. And even till today is on February 7th, 2007, I was at a walking checkpoint with all the Marines. So we were down by, by the Euphrates River where we searched everyone that walked in and out of the city. So it wasn't a driving checkpoint. It was one that people walked in and we blocked mm-hmm. everyone, searched everyone that came through there. And me and my chaplain were down here and just kind of pretty much for the morale of the Marines and sailors that were down there. You know, they're, they're down there doing this patrol or doing the, these shifts, you know, working long hours and stuff like that. And so we like to go out there and be with them. You know, our first sergeant was down there with us, our sergeant major, our CO. I mean, 
everyone was kind of down there on this day and we were just kind of making our rounds being checking on the morale of the Marines and sailors. But you know, this one day pretty much uh, changed our life forever. So I was standing at the checkpoint in the center talking to another, another Marine. And we, we were, we were standing there for quite a bit of time where everyone that's coming in and out and you just kind of greeting them. And it was, it was very welcoming type thing environment. You know, the, the locals there were very friendly and stuff like that. So it was nothing bad about it. And you know, you're saying hi and you know, just kind of being very casual with it. And then I don't, I don't know about you, but like, have you ever been in this situation where you get like this feeling in your gut? It's like, Hey, you just need to move or you need to go do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had that moment. So I'm standing in the spot for probably 45 minutes or an hour talking to this other Marine and chaplain was around the corner from where I was at. Couldn't really see him, but he was talking to, I think it was the first sergeant or something like that. And I wanted to go check on him. I was like, okay, let me just go see what's going on. So as I'm walking and I'm going towards him, uh, my sergeant major walked right past me and we did our greeting and stuff like that. And then as I'm going through, as I'm making that turn, there was another guy that was walking the checkpoint and it was a suicide bomber. He killed himself. So I was literally feet away from this guy that killed himself. And the only way to really describe this event and this day is to think about uh, like a movie, you know, like where smoke is coming down everywhere, helicopters coming, and then there's a big bloodbath. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. without getting too graphics, I mean, the only way you can picture it is going to a war movie and you're seeing it and it didn't seem real. It seemed completely like something that you only imagine. I was thrown don't know if I was knocked out or anything like that. All I remember is seeing my chaplain crawling towards underneath shelter. We thought it was mortars coming in. We didn't even know it was a suicide bomber until later after we researched and what happened. Mm-hmm. And so I saw my Sergeant Major. He was crawling to shelter. I saw like uh, McGunny over there trying to scream my name and I couldn't hear anything. I had complete ringing and numbness to the side of my face and my right side I could barely move. And I, I remember just grabbing the chaplain by the back of his flak and just, you know, probably pulled him probably 25 to 50 yards to get him underneath the shelters. Cause we didn't know what, what else was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, little did I know at the time, you know, I couldn't barely move, you know, my, my right arm was completely messed up. And even today, you know, to, we're in 2020, this happened in 2007, I'm still in physical therapy. I was just had physical therapy session today just for the injuries I got. And the crazy thing is where I was standing with that other Marine and my Sergeant major walked past me, my sergeant major was staying exactly where I was at when the blast happened. He actually, unfortunately, passed away and died during that same blast. The Marine that I was talking to lost both of his legs and, and other injuries. We lost another female Marine and, and uh, sergeant, our interpreter died and plus a bunch of locals. So it, it was a pretty bad day and a bad bloodbath. And mm-hmm. uh, for me to be able to stand up and be here today and talk about it when I was probably the closest to the blast than anyone. And for whatever reason, I'm alive by the grace of God. So I don't know if, if your audience are, are Christians or not or not, but you know, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a man of faith. I believe in God, my, my power and stuff like that. And, uh, the crazy thing is, you know, even the chaplain had other blood and body parts from other things. And I had one speck of blood in the back of my vest and I have all my limbs. I'm fine. I don't have full rotation of my arm without pain, but I'm good. And the crazy thing is when I came back from deployment, I didn't really talk about it. And even today I, I just started more recently. I started talking about my story in this event because mm-hmm. it is, it's, just not something that you really are open to share about. Yeah. Um, especially when, you know, I'm able to stand here and then my, my other comrades, they either died or, or lost uh, other limbs and stuff. And so I, I almost feel like I'm not worthy enough to, to share the story because, you know, I, I'm still here. But when I came back, my mom was telling me about a story where she it was at that same week, around February, she was at a church conference. And they had a guest speaker who was prophesying over her and stuff like that. And he, he pretty much was praying over my mom and saying, hey, something really bad is getting ready to happen to your son. 
but don't worry, he's going to be surrounded by a thousand angels and he's not going to, and he's not going to be harmed. And if you think about Psalm 91, it talks exactly about that. You know, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but you shall not be touched. And it was completely crazy because if you think about it, where I was standing, what I was, what I went through, there's no reason why I should be here today to be able to speak and tell a story. So, and that's kind of a message I'm trying to talk to people about. It's like, Hey, you know what? If God gives you a gift and you need to find out what your purpose is, you need to find out what that message is and you need to live it to the fullest because everyone has a story. Everyone has a purpose. And then our job is to figure out what that purpose is and to live it out. And I'm just glad that I'm actually here to be able to tell my story. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate, you know, everything that you've done and, you know, sharing that because, you know, I can only imagine that specific experience of what you went through and still what you carry with that, like you said. Um, So I do, I appreciate you sharing that. And that's another reason why I thought it would be, there's lots of stuff we can talk about, but being in that, how you've carried that. And like you said, how that completely changed your life, even to this day and like the trajectory that it went. And there's so many different things, you know, we could talk about like the, the aspect of why training and it's not about, there's kind of two routes I want to go with it. One is going to be, there's a reason like the military and everybody like talks about like training and preparation, preparation, like it's 98%. If I could just give a number, I'm just, you know, making it up like it, you know, it's, it's over 90% of everything we do is preparation for the small instances that things will happen, especially when you're yeah. combat in the military, you said you, you went in, you grabbed the chaplain, you started put like training kicked over, like couldn't hear super disoriented. And it's like muscle memory. It's, everybody's doing their thing. Like it, it's just crazy how the muscle memory kicks in, you know, the stuff that you go through over and over and over. Like when I still remember, it always comes to my mind when I think of this, of all the places that kick in when I can think of it as like airborne schools, like there's so many times that you do the same stuff over and over and over. And I still remember like that first jump, it was almost like blacking out. Yeah. Cause it's like your brain just shuts off almost you stop thinking and it was just muscle memory you do everything because you've done it thousands of times at that point in that's so much what i think people lack in parts of their life is the preparation like it's not about just that moment you know or it's not about the buying that car you know that's a reward for yourself or in instance of all the crazy shit that's going on in the world right now like that's such the small percentage it comes down to like, what are you doing every day? And that's part of really the vigilant life. Like, what do you do every day to focus on whether it's your mindset, self-defense, like fitness, family, relationships, finances, like all, you know, business, all those things. Like, what are you doing on a daily basis for when that time comes to be prepared or to just overall increase your life in case something does happen? Like, you're prepared in the best way possible. You're not always going to be prepared for, yeah. for everything because you can't control. There's the uncontrollables out there. Like you guys couldn't have like guessed that or controlled that, but you guys prepared in every way that you can. And I'm sure you learned a lot that you've taken over into your life now of how that affects of what you do every day, what's important to you and how you stay vigilant in the certain areas of your of your life now from yeah. that experience. No, absolutely. And I, I want to hit on that because you hit on the, the exact message that I like to tell people every single day. And it's almost like the message I like to convey is saying, you know, you got to do the small things now to prepare for the ambushes later. 
And it, it goes back to uh, my martial arts and even the military days, like what you're saying, building that muscle memory. But like for martial arts, you know, you, there's a belt ranking system for a reason to give you those goals and the sets. But even when you're a black belt, your journey is just starting. And I can tell you, even at a black belt, when you go into class every single day, you're practicing the same punch that you learned on day one. You're practicing the same front kick that you learned on day one. And the reason why is because you've got to constantly build that muscle memory. So when you are in the middle of an ambush, when you are in the middle of a fight, your body reacts without you even thinking about it. Think about when you're driving a car. When you first drive in a car, you're probably driving with two feet. You're 16 years old, get in the car, you're driving with two feet with the brakes <laughs> and, and gas. And it's true. But over time, you can go outside, turn the, turn on the car, get in. You're not even thinking twice. Your, your hand automatically puts the key in the ignition. You automatically put it in reverse, back up, and you just drive. And you don't think twice about it. Same thing with the military. You know, in the military, you constantly are training, 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 training for those days that may come when you are in an ambush or when you do get blown up or when you're in a situation that you feel like your life is at an end because you don't have time to think. There's a reason why there's discipline and order in the military. And if you were in airborne school, you know everything about that, where it's like you're, you're constantly doing the same stuff and you got your sergeants and you got your chain of command for a reason. And they yell at you and make you respond for a reason to, so that when you hear their voice, you don't, you don't think about what they're saying. You just react to it. So mm -hmm. same thing when it comes to training. You know, when you're training for anything in life, you're training your body to do it so you don't have to think about it. You just react. And my message for in the business world and for personal trainers or any entrepreneur out there and, and talking about being vigilant for, for all your stuff is you got to train for those days that you're ambushed. And these ambushes can be anything from small to big. And what people don't think about is like your ambush could be that sales call. It could be that objection handling. It could be, you know, run into a situation where someone wants to cancel an account or run into a situation where maybe, maybe you're at a store and someone gets hurt on your site. And you got to know how to react to different things. And I'll take the sales, sales and objection thing for, for another thing is like, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm really good at sales. I got years of experience in sales. But every situation and call that I get on is completely different. Mm -hmm. And you have to be prepared that to, to not give in so easy and believe in your product so much that I believe that you need my product more than you need it. That than what you think that you need the product for or whatever that service is because it's, it's something I created, something I'm passionate about. But for whatever reason, you're given every objection possible, whether it's going to be cost, whether it's going to be, I got to talk to my spouse or what, whatever objection handling it could be for any situation. And those are what I'm calling for ambushes. And for you to remove the emotion and knowing how to react from that versus just giving up right then, be like, okay, well, I'll wait to hear back from you. Everyone knows if that when, the, when you get off that phone with them, that that call is over. You lost that sale. I mean, the chances of someone coming back is going to be slim to none. Mm -hmm. So think of that as like a small ambush and it takes practice over and over. And I don't care if you've been in sales for 10 years, five years, 50 years, whatever it is, we still have to practice those same things and the same techniques and the same conversations over and over and over again, because there is nothing about overnight success. Maybe there's been people that's had success faster than others, but it takes time and it takes practice and it takes practicing that same punch, that same front kick or the same drills over and over again. And you, there's never really a point of just truly mastering it because you got to continually master the basic techniques and mastering the things that you need to have for when you're in that situation. Because I can't tell you how many times, even today, you know, someone asked me that question and you still get that cringe in your stomach. It's like, okay, I know what to say, but you still screw up sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you should be able to react without thinking. And that's why it's, it takes constant practice. So if I can encourage anyone when it comes to being an entrepreneur or anything in life, being a parent, being a husband, a father, or 
a spouse of anything, having kids, you know, it's to practice loving your spouse, practice loving your kids, practice playing with your kids, practice uh, your hobby on a regular basis. And it just, even when you think you mastered it, you still got to practice those basic things because you never know when there's going to be that time where you're going to have to react. You never know when there's going to be that chaos or that ambush in your life that's going to really affect you and how you respond is going to make a huge difference in that. So keep practicing those front kicks, keep practicing those, uh, those regular basic punches, keep practicing, you know, those basic drills, um, and for combat situation, because in, in business, those are your ambushes, but in business, your sales and your objections and anything that can come that puts a spin on your world that can change the outcome. Those are going to be the ambushes in your life and how you react to it is going to make a huge difference. So that's the message that I like to portray to people is like, Hey, you got to continue practicing the basics. You got to continue, you know, practicing your sales calls and, and objection handling. And if you think you know it, you got to do it a little bit more. And if you think you know it, then you got to do it a little bit more and just keep practicing over and over again. Yeah. It's that whole, you know, if you've done stuff enough, like obviously it, it comes back. Like even for me, I went and I haven't done any like kickbox or anything forever. And I went and like this morning, I'm like, I didn't, I want to start doing more of something besides just the gym and like, you know, yeah. whatever. So I finally went this morning right across the street from where my office is. And was like, started doing some kickboxing like twice a week, let's do it. And it was like, Oh, okay. Like it started to come back, you know, there's still like little things like, you know, a little rusty, but it, it will come back. Cause there is, I think that long-term muscle memory, but with, with everything, it's like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Like that whole aspect, yeah. like don't use it. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And in any aspect, like you said, whether it's, if you think about your relationships, like if you don't practice having a connection and a relationship with like your spouse or going on dates and like doing that, like it starts to fade. If you don't yeah. practice connecting and playing and doing things with your kids, it starts to do that. It, like if your business, if you kind of rest on, you know, ride things out and you're not constantly trying to improve what you're doing or learn some new skills or improve and hone the skills, like you said, like if I've seen some great salespeople and it's like, they still practice going through objections and how they respond to it. And if like something random gets thrown out, it's like, and you would think like, Hey, these guys are great. People often think like, Oh, that's success. Like they can just chill and relax. Like, no, like there's a reason people are at that. And it, it yeah. brings me to a question I wanted to ask you because it's always, I always like hearing how other people that are busy handle it. Cause I think I would say my personal experience, when I hear a lot of people say, oh, I'm busy, I think it's like bullshit. Like uh, for a lot of people, like, yes, we're all busy in our own ways. Like we all wear, you know, walk in our own shoes. But when I really look at a lot of people like, nah, like you just choose not to do things. Like there's people that are really busy and get a lot of stuff done in a day and in all aspects of their life. Like they're not only focused on one and screw the rest. Like they really diversify and make sure all kind of areas of what a vigilant life would be and really focus on that. But for people that, you know, are like you or, you know, everybody that I, I really interview or friends of mine, it's interesting to hear of like how you handle doing all of that stuff, being a parent, you know, having a business, focusing on yourself, relationships and for me personally, I always think like one area or two areas tend to have like slightly maybe more focus. And then some other is like, I don't think there's a balance of a perfect across the board. You know, we all kind of make shifts. Sometimes it's like, hey, business, like we're really focused a little bit more on that. 
And then sometimes that goes down and we're really focused on family time things. So I, I'm always interested to hear like how you handle a lot of these different things and making sure you're doing your fitness, you're helping other people's, you know, your business, which is helping other people. You're spending time with family and, and your spouse, like those kinds of things. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. And it's, it's a common question that people ask me all the time is like, how, how do you do it? Cause first off I'm running multiple different jobs and I have a family and I have my own hobbies and stuff like that. And I'll tell you the best formula and who I learned it from is Craig Ballantyne. If you never heard of Craig Ballantyne and his perfect day formula and, and stuff like that, you, you need to do it. It will change your life. It'll help you, you know, pretty much manage your time and stuff like that. But ultimately what I take away from it and what I try to, to help people with and what I do in my life is you have to script your day. So you got a plan, just like if you have a fitness school, you need to have a plan of what you're going to be able to do. It's like, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle. You have your eating plan, your workout plan, all these different things. And it's important to you. So you script your day. But when you're scripting your day, you got to, there's certain time blocks that are like non-negotiables that you just cannot allow to be interfered. And the first one is family. So your family is going to be completely first over anything because honestly, you can be so busy in life, but if you're not taking care of your family and you're, and who they are and making that a priority, none of the other stuff actually matters. So you got to take care of that. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not a pro at it and I'm still struggling with it. And my wife's still yells at me regularly. He's like, Hey, you need to shut it off at this time. So we, we can get here and do this. And it's hard for me because I'm so passionate about what I do that I just, I can be working from the time I get up until the time I go to bed and I'm completely fine. But I make sure I shut down at a certain time. I try to be done by six o'clock every single night. And then I put my phones away and I don't touch it until after the kids go to bed. If I want to do more work, it's after the kids go to bed. And then I do that. But that is the most important part when it comes to you know starting your day is having that scripting your day and putting your family time first. Now, the next important time that you do after you put block out your family time and your non-negotiables is actually to find out what your magic time is. When are you most creative? When are you most productive? And that is, that's the certain amount of time. Like I, I like to say at least 90 minutes to two hours for, for that time frame. But you block it out every single day, and that's when you're focusing on your business and what you need to get done and what's going to make you money. So it's the money-making time. I call it the magic time just because that's what Craig Ballantyne always called it was the magic time. But it's learning to find that magic time and then blocking out your time slots. So when you do that, you learn to control your time and you learn to have more fulfillment in life because now you have control of your time versus just waking up and be like, oh, I got all this stuff that I need to get done. And now the time went by and you forgot the things that are important. So learning to script your day and blocking out those important times and your non-negotiables and sticking to that, that's what's going to help you guys save and make your days more productive. And especially if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, like entrepreneurs are, are interesting beasts. We are unique. We, we're one of a kind. There's not a lot of people like us. And when you're an entrepreneur and you're passionate about what you do, you never want to shut off. You just want to mm -hmm. keep going, going, and going. Your phone doesn't shut off. Your internet doesn't shut off. Your emails don't shut off. You just keep doing it. And you just keep grinding until you get to that next level. And then when you get to that level, you want to keep getting to the next level to find out where you can, how high you can actually reach it. So it's, I struggle with that on a regular basis, like shutting down. I'll tell you, I went on a vacation to visit family over in France last year and I was still working. Now it is something that me and my wife agreed on saying, Hey, I will have some coaching times that I got to do with some of my clients during these times. But I made sure it didn't interfere with the most important things that we were doing. It was like, mm -hmm. okay, this is dead time. We're home and doing this. But if you're, if you're married and you have a significant other, setting those expectations up front first is very important as well. But if you are an entrepreneur and you're trying to find more time in your day, 
the only way the best strategy you can do is script your day. So the day before, do a brain dump of everything that you need to, to get done. And don't even think twice about it. Just have a piece of paper, write all the tasks you need to get done. Then you're going to mark out the three most important things out of that, that list that you just created that needs to get done. And those three most important things is going to be what you complete during that magic time. And those are money-making things. There's no phone. There's no internet. There's no social media. That's what you're focusing on during those times. And then you can get on with the rest of your tasks and your schedules and your appointments and stuff like that. And I have other, other things that I try to teach my clients, like having your top 10 list, like 10 people that you need to contact today and, and to make sure that it moves the needle in your business and then also setting different goals. But those are the main fundamentals that, that I like to teach. And what I like to go by is figuring out whether or my non-negotiables Instead of blocking out the times that I need with my family because that's the most important and then have, figuring out what your magic time is and scripting your day, like doing the brain dump and script it the day before, not when you wake up because you want to wake up ready to go knowing exactly what you're going to do versus you know waking up and be like, okay, what am I going to do for today? And you're, you're planning your day as you go. And that's like the worst thing you can do because you'll never feel productive or efficient with your time. And if you start scripting it the day before, you're going to be a lot more efficient with your time and what you want to you know, get done and accomplish. Yeah, it's really just living with with an intent on what you're doing. And and it, you know, it's funny, like I hear people on the outside, even people close to me are like, doesn't it get tiring? And they're so like, there's no like time in your day. Like, it's weird of a mind shift when people think yeah. like when they don't do that. And it's like, yeah, I need to get this done. But they just kind of like go with the flow of things. Yeah. And aren't like at this time, I'm doing this or for sure, I need to do this. To them, it's like, man, you're busy. Like, that's no fun. Like, there's no like free time. And this is, but they don't realize like you put that in there. It's like, you're making sure like, okay, yeah, I can just kind of go along and move with the flow. I'll move forward if I'm doing things, but I can either like, it's like a slow pace and things get in the way and you don't get stuff done. It compared to like, when you actually are doing it, you're like, holy shit. Like I got so much done this whole week. Yeah, You know, for me, I, I need to get better at doing it the night before. Like sometimes by the end of the day, like I'm so wiped that I just, I forget. And, you know, I have like my little daily planner thing and I have stuff I do in the morning and it's where I end up starting to do it. And I need to get better. Like at the end of every week, yeah, I use the Epic planner. It has like, what, how was your week? Where did you struggle? What are three wins for the week? You know, like, consolidating all your notes and ideas and all this stuff. And then it's okay. Now what's the next week? What are your priority tasks? What are like secondary tasks that you can do? And then it has like a whole calendar for the week. Like what stuff do you have planned and what days and what times? And then each day at the end is like, okay, you go through and then you can, okay, what do I already have? Cause you should have some already pre-filled out. And I've noticed like when I do all of that, and do my stuff in the morning. Like, what are you grateful for? Things like, you know, has like two, two sentences you fill out and, you know, little tickers, things like that. And it's when I do that the day before, I truly believe there's like a subconscious thing. Like when you're sleeping, you already are awake and like your brain's ready to go that next day. Otherwise, like when you wake up in the morning, like, Oh, okay, what do I have today? Like you're almost at that point, like if you don't do it before, you're still almost playing catch up. And I even get up early. I do stuff, but it, there's just, for me, I, I feel a difference when I do it. And I need to get better at also scheduling blocks. Like if I don't get a task done in that block, like, hey, what did I do wrong? Did I maybe not give myself enough time or did something else distract me? And then putting in time that's like, 
I need to get better at like putting my phone away. Like this time, like my phone gets put away and it's just family time and, and intentionally like, okay, these days at this time's like, maybe I'll play games with the boys. And cause we've got seven kids. So it's a lot of oh, wow. time to try and figure <laughs> out of, of doing things within there, you know, of like, okay, maybe I'm going to like take the girls to do this or just one of the kids to do this, you know, like just having for sure those times, like we got a trampoline recently and because you know kids being home so much like all right let's get them a trampoline finally yeah and putting time in that because they love it and i need to be more intent with this time's playtime or something whether it's games or jumping on the trampoline because i do really well at i get up at a certain time i work out like i'm doing certain things but i tend to like you said get so focused on like work and enjoying that and i do enjoy family time like i love that stuff but i need to that's where i fail sometimes of okay i need to make sure these times are like uh non-negotiables in there start and then taking a step further like these days i'm maybe i'll do this like take one or two of the kids to do something specific or play games with them because i know when they enjoy when i like play Fortnite or go jump on the trampoline or go take them for a walk or or little things like that but it it makes a world a world of difference and you can tell when people have like the mindset and shift of like oh my god like this actually gives me more time and i do more stuff doing it this way versus like the other side where they look at it as like oh you're so busy like you don't have time like doesn't that get tired it's like no my time all that time is built into doing that in your day it's not like oh i'm so busy my schedule is full and i have no time for other stuff like no you you, i put that time in there (laughs) to do those things yeah i want to hit on because before we start getting into this whole time thing and scheduling you mentioned something about like uh, excuses and stuff like that for Mm -hmm. people like even for their business or why they can't do something and i like to i always remind myself like i used to be a really avid triathlete i did i would do like three or four a year i did a half ironman Never got to the point of doing a full Ironman. That's like my long-term goal. But the amount of training that it takes to even just keep up on that is like what, what you said. It's all a mindset thing. Like you're you're going to put the time and effort into the things that are most important to you. Mm-hmm. And if if spending time with your family, if, if it becomes feels like it's work and it feels like it's it's time uh, where you actually have to put in the huge effort and make it enjoyable, then that's not, then you probably need to shift your mindset because your priorities are not straight. Yep. Um, when it comes to your fitness and your health, if you're struggling to try to do like, that's not a focus of what you want to do. Maybe your vision, your why isn't big enough and it's not a priority to you. Um, like when I would train for a half Ironman or something like that, and you know, I'm doing training days would be like five or six hours or sometimes longer in one day, uh, a couple times a week for me to be able to keep up with what I needed to do. But if I wasn't fixed up here in my head and mentally prepared for it, I'm not going to perform the way that I should. And I'm not going to be in the best shape. I'm not going to be in the best health. I'm not going to be as strong that I need to be. So this mindset thing, it plays a huge part when it comes to your family, when it comes to business, your personal health. So if you look at three categories, your wealth, health, and your relationships. And if, if you're not in balance with all three of them, even when it comes to your mindset, it's going to throw it all off. But the thing is, you're going to focus on what's most important to you. So if your health isn't important, then you're not going to put that you're not going to put that work in there that you should. If your family isn't as important to you, well, you're not going to make that a priority. And same thing with your wealth and building your businesses and stuff like that. That's not going to be it. So you got to really figure out your mindset and what's the most important to you. And you'll really shift it and really evaluate. Like there's times with me, it's like, okay, why am I feeling like I don't want to play with my kids today and spend that time with them? Why, why is that feeling like a struggle? Because 
we all go through it sometimes where we're tired or we, our mm. mind is somewhere else and we're not 100 focused. And I have to get myself in check and be like, okay, well, you know what? My kids need me right now. I want to spend the time with them and they're young. They're going to grow up fast. So if I don't do it now, I'm going to miss out on so much in life. So I try to make that a huge priority in ever because it's important to me. But you got to shift up here. You got to shift your mindset just to be like, okay, I got a marathon I'm running for or that I'm training for. What is that marathon in your life? What is that thing that you got to go where you're at the starting point or you're at mile five, you're at mile 15, and you got so many more miles to get to to get there? What what do you have to do to get that to that end point and then create your plan to get to that destination? But like you say, it's all mentally, but it, there's something said saying like the things that you're going to excel at and become better at is the things that's most important to you. Evaluate, write down, figure out what's important, most important to you and where you're internally messed up where it's like, okay, why am I not wanting to spend time with family? Why am I not wanting to grow my business or do these extra things that's going to help grow my business? Or why am I not wanting to do the exercise and workout or, or meal plan or, or eat the right foods I need to do? And just kind of evaluate that, figure out what's going on internally and figure out what's going on in your head to, and get yourself in check and right on the right path. Because we all got to put ourselves in check on a regular basis to be like making sure we're staying focused and, and making right choices and doing the right things to get us to the end destination that we want to. Yeah, it's always brings me back to because I, I think people get confused because I think people put wrong information out there too of like this whole balance thing. Like I always come back yeah. to it. Like I think there's a there's a sliding scale when it really amounts to balance. I don't think there's like this homeostasis of balance that everything's perfect. Like I spend a third here, a third here, or whether it's like a quarter here, quarter here, quarter here, quarter here, like, and everything's perfect across the board. Like there are times where, and I knew you understand like, where you're like, Hey, you know what? This is great. This and that, like, I'm going to spend a little bit more fam time. I'm going to go on like a vacation, like, yes, I still have to focus on my health and there's still business stuff, things like that. But right now, that sliding scale is going to tilt a little bit more towards the family. Or, you know what? Hey, our, our, my, you know, my wife and I, we need a little bit more of us time. We're going to go on a vacation or something like, and that's going to get shifted there. Or there's times like, hey, I got a lot of business stuff going on right now. And I'm having to spend a little bit more time with that. And the communication with the spouse, all that, and family is like huge on that aspect. Yeah. And people that are in that 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 situation know But at the same time, it's almost like you can, it's very easy. And I think for entrepreneurs stuff to like slightly shift that over what I would say, like, I don't want to call like an acceptable, but to where like that sliding scale gets tipped too far where it's like, and and I, and I, I fall guilty of, and I I think almost all of us do at times where that's where the training and stuff goes into where you're like, oh man, if you're looking at it and you have the checks and balances, this, that, like you can catch it and quickly course adjust of what you're doing where it's like, Oh man, I'm doing too much work and my family's not getting as much like my brain's over. Or like, if you're not like how you're talking about, like if you don't focus on the wealth aspect or you focus too much, too much on the family and like you start to get complacent in your business, it causes more stress in that area. Like, Oh man, if you're stressed about the wealth and the money, well, that's going to take away from your health and your, your family, or you do too much, of the family stuff. And then, well, that starts to take away from you. Maybe you're not giving yourself what you need. So certain things with yourself and your health or your business starts to fall, which affects wealth. Like it, it's this crazy. And I think balance is just that everybody understands it, 
but it's not like a perfect balance, almost like a, a juggling act of all of them, but having that, like the script of your day and making sure is like, that's how you can really focus on make doing the best that you can, you know, within what we can control to not have those. And then when you have that muscle memory of knowing what you need to do, so when there are the uncontrollables and it falls out of that, you know, out of that balance or slightly tilts in one direction or the other, you can, you can adjust your aim very easily and then get back on course. So where everything is getting its time it needs and you're not focused like, oh man, I'm super stressed on, on like, let's just say the wealth aspect in the business Well, you're not giving your full attention to the kids yeah. or your spouse. Cause you're so worried about that. So, you know, I think if more of us spent time on that and a lot of people, if they just started to focus on that would instantly, instantly change like the trajectory and how fast they're getting to where they want to go. Yeah, I agree. It's so easy to get off track and it's so hard, like as an entrepreneur to say, like you have family life balance or your work life balance or whatever you want to call it. I struggle with that myself on a regular basis, but Mm -hmm. it's always going back and just kind of giving yourself, putting yourself in check, be like, okay, where am I lacking? And where am I finding the most, uh, you know, aggressiveness, if you want to say, where am I not feeling fulfilled or, I mean, just kind of always putting yourself in check with that. But yeah, I agree with you hundred percent on that one. And it makes it real easy too. If you're tracking it, like you're recording kind of like, here's what I'm doing on my days. And if you go back and you're like, well, man, like I, I missed doing this part or I missed doing that. And like, I, oh, I can see, like, I kind of didn't put that time in there, schedule it, but I didn't do it. Now I can see why that's maybe affecting. Okay. Now I know what to fix. If you just kind of like wing it and go with it, like, I think that's why people are like so busy and they don't get stuff done is because they don't have more of that schedule. Like, here's what I'm doing. I'm waking up at this time and going to bed at this. Like, here's when we're going to have dinner. Like, you know, those, those non-negotiables and, having more of that schedule is like, man, what did I do in the day? Like where I've had that of like, man, it's already the end of the day. Like, shit, I feel like I didn't do anything today. Yep. <laughs> like I, I got less done today, but I feel busier than I do on the day. So where I'm actually like, I got this done, this done, this done. I'm like, wow, I've, I feel very accomplished. And I think that's a difference now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. It's like, there's a, a very big difference between like accomplishment and like busy in that sense of like, I accomplished a lot and man, I had like a busy day. I did do a lot of things and like, oh, I feel fulfilled compared to I'm drained, I'm tired. And I had a busy day of doing nothing. Yeah. Two, two totally different spectrums. And I think more people are on that. Oh, I'm busy and I'm tired and I don't have time because I'm so busy. They're on that side. You can almost tell. And I, and I feel a difference on those days where I'm like that side of busy. And at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I'm tired. You still get tired on the other times, but it's like I'm fulfilled and I used my energy in a good positive way. Like there's an uplifting feeling compared to like a dragged down, man, I was busy and tired feeling at the end of the day of just winging it, you know? Yeah. I'm right with you. So I I know when I'm scripting out my day the night before, I am way more efficient and productive with my time the next day. So Mm. it's totally true. Yeah. And I, and I'm trying to do, you know, I do, do a better job. I use try, but I, I'm actively working at getting better at it. Cause I, I want my kids to see too, where they're like, Oh, I'm busy. I don't have time. Like whenever they say that, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Or like, I'm not going to have time to do this. Like if they do an hour or something of like chores or half hour of like doing these things, I'm like, are you kidding me? 
Like yeah. really think about like what you're saying, like you're the mindset you're in and what you're telling yourself, like, oh, that's going to take forever. I'm like, there's 24 hours in a day. Yeah. You know, you think of all this time, like it's 10 o'clock. If you cleaned or did chores for an hour, it's only 11. Like you're telling yourself like, oh, I'm not going to have time. Like it's just, there's so much of it. That's a mindset. So for me trying to do these things, waking up early, focusing on me spending more, more of that time with them or the spouse and the business and like doing these things, it benefits me and fill, you know, fills my cup up, but my hope or what I'm working at is so they can start to see that. Like, I know they're all not going to get it and I have to kind of let them sink in and be their own person, which is the part I challenge. I I get a challenge (laughs) with, you know, and like you can, you know, the whole, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Like, I'm getting better at that. Of like, well, okay, great. I'm just going to keep doing me, keep doing my thing because it's benefiting me. And whether they figure it out now, or we all know, like as we get to adults, like there's times we're like, oh, like it finally clicks. Now that's why my parents did that. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't always happen until you're an adult later on. So it's yeah. like trying to just plant those little seeds and let them kind of figure it out in their time while, while giving some guided direction, you know, still being the parent because they're the kids. But, uh, you yeah. know, the, those are areas that I'm currently working on for now. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it's funny. I just had the same conversation with a couple other people and even some of my um, bootcamp clients. I, I'm running currently, I'm, I, a couple months ago, I started my group fitness back online. So I'm doing online group fitness classes, which has been awesome. But uh, kind of leading into it is, you know, your kids are going to model what they see, especially when they're really young. So I try to make an effort. Like if I'm an exercise, I'm I bring my kids, I have a home gym. So I bring my kids downstairs and they're playing while they're watching me exercise. And every once in a while they'll go down there and they'll try to grab some of the, like the two pound weights to, to do different uh, exercises with me, or they want to run and do different things. So one of my clients, uh, a couple of days ago, she, she messaged me and she was like, yeah, my, my four-year-old, he's sitting in our living room and he's grabbing my resistant band and he's looking at the TV. He's like, mommy, put that guy that yells at you on the TV so I can exercise. And, <laughs> and then he started doing like decline pushups and stuff like that. And, uh, with, with, on the couch. And I'll tell you that that was super awesome to hear because it goes exactly what you're saying. It's like kids will model what they see. So if they're seeing their parents exercising and making good choices or, you know, being productive in their day and just kind of spend the time where they, they need to spend or eating healthy and exercise, all these different things kind of play, they're going to model you. And I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, as the as a father mainly our job is to lead our house more than even outside and mm-hmm. to be the leader in the household your main mission in life is to raise your children and to raise them to be good citizens good people that follow the morals and ethics that you believe in even when it comes to their health and everything else because they're going to they're going to go by what they learn and what they see and it all starts with you no one else it doesn't start with the teacher at the school or the Sunday school teacher at church or uh, the neighbor down the street all starts with the parents. So the more involved the parents actually get and invest that time to lead them is how they're going to turn out and be when, when they become older. So mm-hmm. uh, from what you're hitting on is it, totally true. It's funny because I, I had the same conversation probably a couple of times this week, just the importance of being that leader and, and modeling of what you want your children to be able to see. And for me, for my children to see me exercising and eating healthy and doing the right things versus coming home, I'm tired. So I want to watch TV is not what I want them to, to model. I want them to model living a healthy lifestyle and not wanting to be consumed in TV, but being outside and active or doing the eating, making better choices when it comes to snacks and food. 
mm-hmm. or just the exercise. So it all plays, but it all comes down to the heart of the parents and mainly the father on being the leader in the house. Yep. With me working out at, at home more lately, I've noticed because the kids will come out. And so I started to put part of some of my workout is like jumping on the trampoline, doing that of like, hey, this is yeah. fun. This is exercise too, kind of a thing. But they'll come out and I'll be in the garage and they can see me working out. You know, they hear the music, they see me working out. And it's like my three-year-old has started to come out there more and like she'll pick up one of the pink band and smaller kettlebells thing it's like 15 pounds or something like that and she'll start doing deadlifts with them you know and i'm teaching That's her sweet. like hey watch watch your stance like don't squish your toes watch you're doing it you know like i'm kind of showing her and then she's always like that picked me up wanting to do like pull-ups on the pull-up bar on the squat rack and i'm like oh like she's my little workout partner and even most of the time like she'll sit in like our our side by side right there and just sitting in like play pretending she's driving somewhere or whatever you know, and she's hanging yeah. out with me, but she's there watching me work out and i can see now i'm like this girl she gets another year or two years you know she continues to get older i can tell she's going to be modeling and picking up even more of that or yesterday it was a long day and i worked out in the morning but i want to do another workout because i've been doing more two days lately and my wife had to do workout and it was late you know later in the evening or the kids just got picked up by by their dad and I was like, man, I just want to chill out, like watch show, whatever. I'm like, no, like we need to work out. Like I want to get one. You need to get out there. And it's good for us, you know, bonding. And I know it's good for her, but to whether the kids noticed it then or another time, if we can repeat that as a habit of, yeah, I'm tired. I'd rather just do nothing right now or chill. Well, you know what? Let me go spend 30, 20, 30 minutes, get a quick workout in. Okay. Now let's eat dinner now let's spend our family time, watch a show together, do that stuff. And instead of like, you know what, I'll do it tomorrow. Like yeah. whether it's now or they pick that up later, I think it's, it's huge. And it's, you know, it's obvious it's a benefit to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, I know we're, we're coming up on some time here. So I really appreciate you kind of coming on here again. Like, thank you so much for, for sharing your story and kind of how that's changed and, and the, the avenues that it took us down from there and just sharing your personal experience. Cause I know there's obviously a lot, like you said, to this day, you know, it's still, yeah. there's things that you think about and you carry that with you and it, it puts you in this different path and so much that you do to help other people out there in businesses. I think that's, you know, businesses as part of the economy and businesses truly caring and helping other businesses is like one of the most impactful things because as we lift each other up more, everybody's more successful and across the board, you know, helps families, helps employ people. I think it's a huge thing. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. And well, well, where can people kind of connect with you more, whether it's about the coaching you do or any of the fitness or just wanting to connect with you more, where are some of the best places they can? Yeah. So the best place to find me is just on uh, Facebook. So just find me. I have several different groups, but just my personal page is JR and last name Spear, S-P as in Papa, E-A-R. And just shoot me a private message, you know, let's connect, join my groups, and then uh, love to help you out. Whether you're a personal trainer and looking to, you know, grow your business online and you're looking, you know, maybe just some little extra help that may, it's not fully coaching, but need help getting your message out there. Love to have that discussion with you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. And yeah, guys, check it out. As always, like you said, if, if you like this episode, share it with anybody. 
leave a review, go check out JR, reach out to him if that's something that you specifically need, or you know somebody like, hey, check it, check this guy out and check out this episode. Do that. Always appreciate it. We're all here to support each other. So again, thank you so much, JR. No, I love this. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, guys. Thank you so much and tune in for, for another episode. I'll see you guys soon. 